Welcome to another episode of the Music City Drive-In, brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with producer and star of the documentary, You Cannot Kill David Arquette, Miss Christina Arquette. We talked about how she got into producing, we talked about the documentary, and so much more. I really hope you enjoy this interview. Coming, um, in my opinion, one of the best films of the year, You Cannot Kill David Arquette. Miss Christina Arquette, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you for saying that. That means the world. I've seen uh, I've seen on record about 142 films that have been released in 2020. Wow. And this is right now my number two film of the year. So oh. I mean that. So it's number um, one. It's called Rent a Pal. Oh, I have to see that. Yeah, I, I probably should have just said number one. Now I'm just like, well, I got you here. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Before we touch on the documentary and stuff like that, I was kind of looking at some of your stuff. I wanted the idea of what made you want to get into the world of entertainment. Yeah. Um, well, I kind of have, it's a funny, I have a very strange career path. Um, I Not strange, but I've kind of taken a long uh, kind of windy road. Um, when I was younger, when I was in my teen years, my uncle um, worked, uh, was Bill Clinton's chief of staff in the White House, his first chief of staff. And so when I was, you know, um, a teenager, I had experienced um, some really interesting stuff because, you know, of his position. And I was at the White House and I stumbled upon Peter Jennings doing an interview or setting up an interview um, with President Clinton. And I remember being so kind of taken aback by this big, just the feeling of like a big journalistic interview and all that went into it. And so... I became really interested in news. Um, specifically, I always thought I wanted to be a political news reporter, but uh, I ended up going to journalism school at NYU, and I interned for uh, Senator Hillary Clinton. And it was an incredible internship, but I quickly learned politics is not my thing <laughs> at all. And so, um, you know, I ended up kind of going towards uh, news and entertainment, and I interned at MTV News and Docs. And I started to work on my reel at the time, pretty much for producing and writing. And I always wanted to work at like Dateline. I always wanted to be a producer and a writer for like a Dateline. And so um, out of college, I ended up uh, becoming a local news reporter. And my first job was in Little Rock, Arkansas at the ABC affiliate, <laughs> <laughs> which is a great experience. Um, but, you know, you learn a lot. I always say local news is probably one of the hardest jobs. It's just, you're 24 seven, it's grueling. You know, it's kind of a, a great way to learn the business from writing to producing, you do it all. I edit it, you know, you do everything. Sure. And then from there I went to Dallas and then from Dallas I went to Los Angeles. And when I was in Los Angeles, I was on the local news affiliate KCBS and KCAL 9 for several years and then um, started doing entertainment reporting and ended up on Entertainment Tonight and The Insider. And um, everybody always thinks I met David at Entertainment Tonight, which I didn't. We met on an 80s boat party. Just for the <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> um, I did interview him for Scream 4, but that's not how we, like, started our romance. Um, and so uh, when I was at Entertainment Tonight, um, you know, I was there for several years. And I started to really, you know, Entertainment News is... is I kind of got sick of asking, you know, fluff questions and I really wanted to go back to my news roots. And so I always joked that I got knocked up with my first kid. So I was like, okay, it's time for me to take a break from news reporting. 
uh, which I did. And I was a stay-at-home mom for a few years and then slowly started a second career in producing. <laughs> and so um, several years ago, David and I did a documentary called Survivor's Guide to Prison with Matthew Cook, who directed it, and Susan Sarandon produced it along with Danny Trejo. And it was a really tough um, look at the failing criminal justice system. And, Fantastic documentary. Uh, Fantastic documentary. Yeah. Oh, thanks. And, you know, I went back to my news roots doing that documentary, and I really just fell back in love with writing and producing and, and it, what I originally always wanted to do in my career. Um, and so out of that, uh, you know, came the wrestling documentary. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> like right around the end of, of Survivor's Guide to Prison, we had, I'd had my second child, and um, David was about 50 pounds overweight. We kind of joked he gained pregnancy weight with me, you know, and didn't <laughs> lose it. And um, his health wasn't that great. And he almost uh, died of a heart attack. And he was having two stints put in his heart in Los Angeles at Cedar sinai Hospital. And uh, according to him, uh, when he was in the twilight zone of that surgery, um, instead of thinking about his family and his children, he thought about <laughs> wrestling. He thought about wrestling. And he said he thought in his mind, if I'm going to die now, you know, I have a good life. I, I did some great things. I did things I'm not happy about. I love my wife. I love my kids. You know, but there's this one thing that's still really bugging me, and it was wrestling. It was the history of wrestling and how he was a joke and people hate him for what the business, quote unquote. Um, so that's the long story of how I ended up. Where I ended up. <laughs> that, no, no, no. That's great. That's it. You touched on like the first three questions I had. No question. So that was easy. So. For me, uh, the question is the start off the documentary. Obviously, it's about this idea in his head that he has got to do this wrestling. He's got to prove everybody, you know, differently. But obviously, he is in his late 40s. He's got health issues. He's got kids at home. He's got a wife at home. He could potentially kill himself. Yep. For me, it's like, what was the line of being the supportive wife and also saying, hey, you have a family here? Like, what was... What was that like for you? Because I can't imagine it was easy. No, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think in the beginning, I was really against him doing this. And I kind of was critical of the idea and basically was not on board. And I said, you know, you just almost died. Your health isn't great. You're 46. Um, you have two cents in your heart. And, you know, this is just not a good idea. And I'd also gone to some wrestling events. I went to one specifically, a WWE event at the Staples Center, like right when we started dating. And people were so mean to him. Like he would come in and he, he loved it in a way because he, you know, David's a fan first of wrestling. He loves wrestling. His childhood, he was obsessive about it as a kid. So for him, he loves it so much. He watches it obsessively on television. But I was like, people are so mean to you. They're like screaming at you. Like, why would you want to go and put yourself through this. And so, but, you know, true to David's artistic creative spirit, he's going to do what he's going to do. And so, you know, he really started on this journey. He contacted Diamond Dallas Page and started with DDPY Yoga. He's contacted Peter Avalon, who became his, uh, who's an incredible AEW wrestler now, um, who became his trainer. And he purchased a wrestling ring for our backyard, um, which is obviously very extreme. And so that became the beginning of the journey. And so once it kind of got started and I had no choice, I decided, okay, well, you know, I'm going to help produce this. Um, but with that said, 
you know, through the documentary, um, and I think a lot of people, like if you look at some of the online chatter, people are like, is this real or is this fake, this film? Like, is it wrestling? And the whole films, everything that you see is real. Everything, like the nasty boys fight in the beginning, that was the first shoot of our documentary. And that really Fantastic. happened. And a lens was broken. And the directors called me and they were like, because people hated David so much. And that was the yeah. feeling on that first shoot when he showed up to the Legends of Wrestling. They didn't want him there. You know, they were like, no, you, you don't belong here. And so that fight was like all those years of, of animosity. animosity towards them. And sure. so, you know, as the film unfolded, like the death match was really tough because I was pissed. I was really mad about that. And so from my perspective, it was very hard for me to be the wife who was really upset and worried about David dying, but then also call the director and be like, what did you get? What? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, and then that's the that's the next question I have for you. Obviously, this is a, a very personal film, right? You know, yeah. you have you you guys are it's just a very in-depth look into you guys' lives, not just um, you know, it's not just a movie here, right? You know what I mean? This yeah. is this is a lot of raw footage. How important was this for you, not just as a producer, but also starring in it for it to be as real and as honest to 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 you as and to David as possible? Yeah, I think, you know, David's always been an open book, maybe too open at times. You know, I think one of the things that David, you know, a lot of people have always been really hypercritical of his sobriety and his addiction issues. A lot of that stemmed from, you know, he had a very public divorce and a very public meltdown. He was on Oprah talking about his sobriety. So he kind of became this open book where everybody always felt like they could critique him, you know? And so for me, um, and I came from entertainment journalism, where I was the person on the other side asking the hard, tough, not nice questions. So for me, I was like, you know, if you're going to show David and our marriage or our world, like you might as well be real about it without being exploitative. So, you know, David, actually, we had to kick him out of the edit room for a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> for a lot of the film, because especially like the mental health stuff, which, by the way, you know, during this pandemic, I think we're all talking about mental health a lot more. Uh, I certainly am. And um, David's always been very vocal about his mental health. And so I found it really courageous for him to show that. But again, we wanted to make sure it wasn't exploitative. And so, you know, really understanding his mental health struggles, his addiction issues, uh, the, the, you know, he's gone to rehab twice. He's tried really hard. He goes to therapy. Does he's, We're so lucky to be able to afford doctors that can help him with all these things. So we felt like it was really important to show all that because the stakes were high, right? Like For he's sure. literally got two stents in his heart. He suffers from anxiety, depression, and addiction issues. So injuries are not what you want for an addict. And Absolutely not. You know, so like all of that, we had to, you had to show the ugly parts to show the beautiful parts. Absolutely. I, it, make, it makes plenty of sense for me because it, it's, it's very personal in the aspect of him going through his life. But I think it's very cathartic from the person outside looking in. Like I told you, as a former professional wrestler, in my head, I didn't like... David Arquette winning the heavyweight title. You know what I mean? It was something that a lot of people worked very hard for. And understanding the hate that came from that really affected him so, so much. And and, it, and and to understand that and to watch a, in my opinion, a very positive redemption story. You know what I mean? And it's not the perfect redemption story, right? There's a lot of stuff that happens in between there. 
Um, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> because we couldn't even, like, there's so much that we wanted to put in the film. Because he really did the indie circuit for a year. Like, oh, absolutely. He, he Very did true. so many um, matches that are not in the film. Uh, and it was so hard not, you know, to decide what made it and what did it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely an imperfect <laughs> redemption story. <laughs> no, and that's, and I think that's what makes it true to itself, though, at the same yeah. time. You know, yeah. um, the, the big match, obviously, with RJ City at NWA. Um, I think my, one of my favorite moments is seeing you and Coco in the crowd, right? And <laughs> we see early on in the film where she's very hesitant of... Teenage angst. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Daddy's going to be a wrestler. Like, what am I going to do with this? But then we get to this point where... You know, she's showing off the video and she's super happy and she's she's flipping them off. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's so good. She well, it's also like she's in the stage of everything's embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like, and so for and, you know, David's wild. He dresses wild. Like you come into our house and you think his closet is my closet, but it's his, you know, because he has the bedazzled furs and every all this crazy stuff. And so there's an element of Coco always like, oh, God, Dad, why are you doing that? And I think in the beginning with the wizard outfit and kind of that whole look, she was like, this is so mortifying and embarrassing. But then we went to that first um, uh, RJ City match. And by the way, RJ stays at our house. Like, we love RJ City. I'm obsessed with him. I think he's such a star. Coco loves him. And so I think that first uh, match was like such a – you understand when you go to wrestling events why people love wrestling so much. That's and great. then when you sit in the crowd and you see it's generational and you see just such a cast of characters in the crowd, it's hard not to have fun, even if you're not a wrestling fan. That's so for Coco, I think that moment really was like such a fun experience for her that she really got on the, the, the bandwagon of like, I love this. I want my dad to do great. And then that was about the beginning when David, like he had lost, I think 50 pounds. About oh my God. The transformation. It's so funny because you, you take the one, I thought, I, the, the, the editing to this is something that as a person that loves film, the editing of this was magnificent. Like it was great. And, and the way it was cut up and the way it was, but you go from him being this just kind of out of shape guy and then he's just ripped and i'm just like ripped. when did this happen like ripped. where did we go like yeah. i mean it's just like holy cow like and i think for her that felt really cool to see her dad look that great and then you know for courtney too because you know courtney is just such a wonderful woman and such a great you know parent and they're great co-parents together and they're friends and everybody is just has a very harmonious relationship and she always wants david to win too so it was really fun, although her line about, oh, look, he's a wizard, is one of my favorites. <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> so her personality. But um, but I think, you know, for it was fun. It was really fun to watch Coco go from, like, complete and utter embarrassment, which is kind of what I was feeling, too, in the beginning. Like, Absolutely. why is this happening? To, you know, uh, we're his biggest fans. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and we'll talk more about a certain part of that a little bit later in a minute. But for me, obviously I'd be remiss not to talk about the Nick Cage match. Oh. Um, this was one of those moments. Um, it was all over the internet, right? At the time it happened. I remember it, you know, my brother and I were talking about it. I was actually at a match once where Nick Gage was in a death match and literally had to be uh, medevaced out. They, he was, he was about to die and they had, had to 
the land a helicopter as a death match, they brought him out. So I know what kind of death matches are. They're not fun. But for me, what was that like for you? I don't oh, were you there that night? No, so I can tell you the whole crazy story behind the scenes of that. Um, so, you know, uh, that was a last minute, um, you know, wasn't planned. I can't remember who fell out of that, who was supposed to be wrestling Nick Gage that night. Was it Joey Janela or somebody else? I think it was, yes. Yeah, and so whoever, somebody was injured and they asked David to take his place. And apparently David had watched kind of death, hardcore matches, death matches online. I don't think he was really completely aware of like what goes into a death match. And, you know, he kept saying to me, you know, you shouldn't come, you shouldn't come, you shouldn't come. It's going to be scary because, you know, it's scary in general. And as the universe works, both of our children were sick with a stomach bug. And so I stayed home that night with them. And, you know, but I'm also producing this. So I was setting everything up. I'd always work with the promoters on the footage. I would work with getting clearance for our, and our, we had two directors um, and David Dark. Uh, it wasn't going to be shot that night. The directors were both on other shoots. Uh, this was a last minute thing. And I had called David Dark and said, I really think you need to come into town. Like this is, this whole thing seems very ominous and crazy. And, you know, it's nothing like any of the other matches. And so he flew in. He got in, like, within minutes of oh, wow. going down. And the one interview he got with Nick Gage behind the scenes right before it happens, that was like he literally just arrived for that. And so, you know, the Nick Gage match happens. And uh, I had fallen asleep. And I woke up to Luke Perry uh, texting me and saying, you know, David's okay, but he's been seriously injured. And we're headed to the hospital. And I was like, what? So I called him and he told me what happened and I was so pissed and I was so, I mean, I was so mad and I was like, where's Nick Gage? Has any wrestler's wife ever called? Get Nick Gage on the phone I to talk to him. And then I was like, wait, wait a second, maybe not because, <laughs> um, no, I'm okay. Um, and so, cause then I heard, you know, really kind of what went down. And I think all of, we had a lot of friends there that night and the director, everybody was in shock because it was so crazy what happened. I don't think anybody was able to really fully process it. And a lot of people were like, was that fake? Like, was that, did, did that really happen? Like, and you know, it wasn't in the film, but when David got stabbed, um, it's in the raw footage, uh, he came off uh, out of the ring and Luke came up to him and he was like, Davey, Davey, it's Luke. And David and Luke go way back. So they lived together back in the day and David was on the Outsiders and Luke got a show and they were living together at the time. David's show got canceled. Luke's became, it was 90210. And he went on to, you know, incredible fame. And so, um, you know, he's like, Davey, it's Luke. And David's like, is it pumping? Is it pumping? And he's like, no, no. So David knew, you know, he was like going to live or whatever. And so he, that's that moment you see him go back in and he's just sure. like rage. And obviously it went way off. Like, what yeah. is it to be? And Absolutely. so, you know, um, but he went to the hospital that night, true to David. 24 hours later, he went to NXT <laughs> at the Staples Center with, and in, with a uh, uh, giant, you know, bulging. Actually, you can see it on, he's on TMZ and he looks like he doesn't know where he is because he was like, actually not feeling well. And then yeah. he went to that match, 24 hours, or to watch wrestling, 24 hours later, he ended up back in the hospital because it was infected. Oh and goodness. they had to put him under. And they pulled out hair and glass from oh, his, his neck. And he was hospitalized for about seven days after that. Oh, my uh, goodness. Because they were monitoring for, like, a severe infection. So he came home on Thanksgiving, I remember. And I was so pissed. 
I was so mad. <laughs> All right. So for me, I've I've said this to you off. I talk, we talked about this on Instagram, but for me, one of the my favorite parts of this documentary is the Miss Elizabeth moment. Um, was take take me behind the idea of this? Was 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 his reaction a shock as it was? Was this? Yeah. A it was a surprise. There was the idea. Yeah, I mean, as the documentary goes, I mean, after that death match, David, you know, relapsed and had a really tough time and was not doing well and was drinking a lot. And I went off to Arkansas to produce my first feature film. And, you know, we weren't really doing great. We weren't really talking because he was in such a dark place and having such a tough time. And, you know, sadly, we lost Luke Perry um, around that time. And that really for David was just so devastating and you know, he was really suffering. And so the directors kept calling me and were like, you're going to come to Detroit, right? Well, mind you, by the way, after the Nick Gage match, Brian Nobbs reached out to me and he wrote me an email. And I remember it coming into my inbox because when I had tried to have David at Legends of Wrestling the year before, it was right. like, no. Yeah. And said, hey, Christina, you know, we saw that death match and we feel terrible kind of a thing. And we want to show, you know, some of the legends and the old timers don't look at hardcore wrestling, you know, the way, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Like it, like, sure. You know, isn't their thing. And so they said, you know, we really want to host him at Legends of Wrestling and give him this great experience. And I was like, oh, my God, because that was the ending <laughs> of the film. Like we didn't right. plan it, you know. And so, right. uh, you know, we knew that was happening. We were all very excited about it. But I was off in Arkansas and. You know, Dave was going through such a dark time that I wasn't actually going to come. I wasn't going to come to that final match. And we were just going to let it be the Legends of Wrestling, him versus Ken Anderson. And um, the directors kept pestering me and pestering me. And finally, like the day before, I went on Etsy and ordered, looked up Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> and found like the one dress that kind of looks like Miss Elizabeth. And so I flew into Detroit. He didn't know I was coming or going to dress up like that. Also, even though I was on camera as a news reporter, I'm not an, I've never been an actor. I'm not a showman. Like I, to that kind of stuff to me is like mortifying. I'm not like, uh, uh, you know, I can't do that. So I was so terrified to get out there and I dressed up and, you know, we shot all this stuff behind the scenes before I saw David and Ric Flair's wife, Wendy, who's been just a huge in, inspiration to me. Uh, gave me a bunch of advice before I went out with him. And she kind of pet me up and told me like how to act. And once I got out there, I had the best time. It was so fun. Yeah, it was it was a great moment. And there's a there's a few cut scenes again with the editing there that you have this genuine smile on your face. You kind of yeah. see him. And it's really the culmination of everything that you talked about, right? This whole entire documentary, what he's been through, what you've been through, what your family's been through. And you have this moment where he's literally on the same stage that he was getting kicked out of a year ago, yeah. being able to wrestle a real match, being able to actually wrestle himself, and then you yeah. get to be ringside doing it. So it, it was, was so fun. And Jerry, our friend Jerry, the cop, who's the manager, quote-unquote manager, was there. And it was yes. like a full circle kind of a, a moment. But again, like all that moment where we're giggling and stuff, it's mostly because I'm embarrassed. And I'm <laughs> like, all. Oh so embarrassing I can't believe I'm doing this but um but it was like a genuine true moment because he didn't know I was gonna come and he didn't know I was gonna dress up ultimately do you hear him yelling he's on busted open right now that's, that's fantastic <laughs> watching the docu documentary back would there be anything that you would change 
Oh gosh. Um, the only thing that I would change is I would, well, it, you know, the heart, we wanted to show a lot of the road life because that part of that, that, that world, that part of wrestling is so special. Like, and I think Brian Knob said it not too long ago, like the, the, the brotherhood and the, and the wrestling wrestlers all having each other's backs. So, Do you know what I mean? Like, and absolutely. that road life to me is really interesting. And we shot a bunch of kind of GoPro stuff with RJ and David. It just, we never were able to put it in. Um, you know, I think also like, uh, there's some like with Katie Arquette and some of the female wrestlers, but I would love, like, there's so many great women in the business, you know, those, those kinds of elements, like I would have loved to have seen, but I mean, overall it was, no, I think I wouldn't change much about it. You know? Yeah. We, are, you, are you guys planning on like a DVD release with or Blu-ray yeah. release with some yeah. extra footage and stuff yeah, like that? A bunch awesome. of DVD extras on there that are really perfect. Fun. So looking at a, I was looking at your calendar. Obviously, you're quite a busy lady producing a lot of stuff. Twelve hour shift looks like it's coming out in October. Yeah. Um, Ghost of Ozarks looks like it's done production. Uh, yeah. What can you tell us about those projects and any other ones that you have coming up? Yeah. Um, so twelve hour. I'm from Arkansas originally. My family and I love Arkansas as a state to shoot. It's a beautiful state, and so um, the rebates there are really great for filmmakers. And so um, this time last year in April, we. Um, a group of uh, filmmakers that live in LA, but majority of them are originally from Arkansas. We um, love to support female filmmakers and Bria Grant uh, wrote and directed 12 hour shift. She actually just won best screenplay at Fantasia uh, festival, which is awesome. Oh, that's amazing. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to support incredible female talent and we wanted to shoot a film in Arkansas and give back to our state. And so we did that with 12 hour shift. It was supposed to world premiere at Tribeca, which you know was canceled unfortunately because of COVID. But we were so lucky that Magnolia's Magnet Releasing um, picked it up. So that's coming out October 2nd. And that is my first feature film I've ever produced. So it was a big learning curve. And, um, and Mick Foley's in it, by the way. I saw that. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Fun fact, in the Mick Foley scene, there's a young kid in the background. And that's Ric Flair's stepson. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> so that's always, awesome. We always have a wrestling. Um, and, and, and in Ghost of the Ozark, we have a wrestler, too. So, um, awesome. uh, so, uh, that's coming out in October. It's a real dark kind of comedy. It's about a group of, um, nurses stealing organs and selling them on the black market and, um, just kind of a wild eccentric, crazy film, indie film. And then ghosts, uh, we shot, uh, with David and Tim Blake Nelson. And, um, that is a horror film and really wild and crazy. And that's, you know, in post-production right now, which is great. Absolutely. Um, and then David and I uh, started a company with Bryn Muser called XTR. It's a documentary company. And um, so under that banner, we're producing a lot of docs and docu-series and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we've just been keeping really, really busy. And, and I think, uh, you know, any chance to ever do anything in the wrestling world, we'll always jump at it, too. <laughs> Absolutely. It makes, uh, it makes a lot of sense. It's it's crazy. We're in the, you know, one of the craziest times we've ever, you know, ever been in here. And so it, I, I can hear there's a lot of activity going on. So how have you really kind of kept yourself um, busy during this time? I mean, obviously producing stuff and like that, but yeah. you know, it's, it's, we're kind of stuck in more ways than we aren't in, in the yeah. situation. Right now. 
Um, I think we have two young kids that are three and six. So I'm homeschooling my six-year-old for the year just because it- Oh, so you're, you're a teacher now, just like the rest I'm of us I'm a teacher, now. by the way. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I actually ended up going back to school uh, because of the prison doc we did. I wanted to um, get my master's in clinical counseling to help um, with the prison population, but I had to defer right now because I'm the teacher at home. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, between, between you know, kind of, being at home with the kids and doing that whole new world and lifestyle, um, you know, I kind of have a production office set up in the kitchen, essentially. So, uh, you know, during this time, we were finishing the wrestling doc, and then I was delivering the uh, 12-hour shift film and um, working remotely on a bunch of other documentary projects. And so it's just been, you know, I've been, but again, it's, you know, this has been one of the toughest times, I know, for everybody. And so I think um, being creative and, and um, you know, uh, utilizing creativity is really important um, and helpful um, to kind of keep, keep you feeling positive. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you have to keep your mind busy during these times. If you don't, yeah. it's, there's just, it kind of leaves you open for just that half a second. So um, one last question, where can everyone find you online? Oh gosh, I'm so bad online. I used to be super online, but I really am only on Instagram as Christina Arquette. And I think I might be on Facebook, but it's not, I don't really know. I think it's attached to my Instagram. I'm not on Twitter, but, um, but Instagram is where I'm pretty much like active. Perfect. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. me today. Really appreciate um, everything and for watching and supporting the film. It means so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today.